Well, good morning, everybody. And uh, my name's Tim, and I'm glad to, uh, to be with you this morning. Uh, the other day, um, I had to call Dish. There was something going on. The receiver wasn't acting right. Uh, we couldn't change channels. We could barely turn it on and off. And so uh, I called up Dish, and I said, listen, I got something going on with my receiver. And uh, the person on the other line says, well, it sounds like you need to go through another reset or something. So here's what I want you to do. And they walked me through this process. And by the time we were done, everything was working again. I could watch whatever I wanted. Denise could watch whatever she wanted. It worked. It worked like it was originally designed to work. Well, occasionally, you know, our lives get this way. I know mine does, uh, where I, things just don't seem to be working properly. There's something off. Either I'm sidetracked or, or maybe overloaded or I get hurt by something and it just messes up my whole routine. Uh, it just seems that things aren't right. Maybe in my marriage, uh, we're not clicking like we normally do. Or I'm not as, I'm just not able to concentrate on some things at work. Things in my family, there's, a, there's some drama going on. Or my finances are beginning to, to be strained. Even my body, I'll notice sometimes, every once in a while my body reminds me there's something not quite right. My church, there's times my church, I, I, we meet together and I look around and I talk to people and I'm going, man, what's going on here? Everything seems to be a little different. It's not working like it should. And I realize even myself, uh, I'm not like I used to be. What's going on here? Well, maybe it's that I need a reset. I need to reset my life, just like my dish. I need to go through a process of resetting, recalibrating, renewing, refreshing my life. And the thing is, God is ready to help me, and He's ready to help you if you ever feel like this. Here we are at the beginning of a brand new year, and we're looking at this uh, idea of reset. Uh, people are thinking about it all over uh, the world right now. They're thinking of things like, you know, what do I want to do? What do I want to start afresh? I need a start. I need a new start. And um, God wants to be involved in that. He wants to be involved in your reset too because He's really good at restoring things the way they're supposed to be. I've been watching uh, here lately American Restoration, and it's, uh, again, on the History Channel. And uh, there's a guy by the name of Rick Dale who uh, restores things. And I'm a, I love fixing stuff and restoring stuff. And sure enough, he, he's restoring things like golf carts. And I uh, saw the other day he, he restored a, a sleigh that was made in the 1800s. And, you know, these people will bring this stuff in uh, and uh, Rick will say, so what do you want me to do? Well, Rick, I'd like you to, I'd like you to restore this. Well, what do you want it to look like? I want it to look like it just came out of the showroom. He goes, okay, well, this is going to cost you. And he'd figure in his head, and it's always an incredible amount of money. And, and uh, they, they always agree. And when he gets done, they always are wowed by it. He always has it covered up. And he goes, well, you ready? He goes, three, two, one. And he pulls the cover off, and the people are like, wow. It, and he, then he starts talking about the particular item, whether it's a Coke machine or a candy machine. This is how it worked in the old days. This is how it used to work. And we went in here and we restored this. We did this. We cleaned this up. We, everything is functioning and works properly. Um, and I just love that, you know, and, and the customer is always excited. And, and it's because Rick Dale is an expert. He's the guy to go to if you want to restore something. Well, let me tell you something. God is in the life-restoring business. It's His specialty, and that's what we've been learning in this series. Uh, 
We've been looking at how uh, God wants to step in and how often He stepped in to reset, to restore, to renew uh, the lives of people. In Ezekiel 36, we find uh, Israel is in bad shape. They've been in captivity. And God is speaking through the prophet Ezekiel. And here in verses 36 through 24 and 28, in chapter 36, 24 through 28, I'm going to read from the message to paraphrase because I think it really captures what uh, God is trying to do with Israel. And look what it, listen to what it says. For here's what I'm going to do. It's God speaking. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take you out of these countries, gather you from all over, and bring you back to your own land. I'll pour pure water over you and scrub you clean. I'll give you, listen to this, I'll give you a new heart, put a new spirit in you. I'll remove the stone heart from your body and replace it with a heart that's God-willed, not self-willed. I'll put my spirit in you and make it possible. I love it. What a promise. I'll make it possible for you to do what I tell you and live by my commands. You'll once again live in the land I gave your ancestors. And look at this. You'll be my people. I'll be your God. And God's great at restoring lives. And he wanted to restore Israel. And he, and he, and he comes through with all this. Last week we looked at David. And you know he got off track. He was no longer the man of God that uh, he was supposed to be. And he knows it. He knows he's, there's something wrong. He knows he's in sin. And he's thinking, what do I do? What should I do? And one of the things he starts with in Psalms 51 is he asks God for help to start all over. Here in Psalms 51, it says this in verse 10. Look what David says. He says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And just a couple of verses down, he says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. You know, David is thinking to himself, Lord, I've lost some things. I need renewed. I've lost my passion. I've lost my joy. I need something restored. And you're the expert. And so I ask you, please help me restore to renew some things in my life. I want you to know this. It's my prayer that in 2021, that this will be a year that God will restore. It's going to be a year of God restoring your joy. That He renews your passion. He refreshes your purpose and renews your desire to serve Him. Now today, what I want to do is, I want to look at uh, one of the things that I believe needs restoration. It needs it in my life. Every once in a while, I just need to do a reset, a hard reset, and that's my walk with God. You say, why, why are we starting there? Because everything starts with our walk with God. It starts with our relationship with God. And the Bible compares a relationship with God to a walk. Here in Micah 6, 8, it's a, it's a popular becoming a popular passage here at Greater Alton. It says, what does the Lord require of you? He says, to act justly and to love mercy. And notice what he says, and to walk humbly with your God. He's saying he wants you to walk. God, he says, if anything God wants, he wants us to walk with him. That's what I was created for, was for a relationship with God. Now, there are examples in the Bible all over the place of, actual, of people that, that are known for walking with God. The Bible says Noah walked with God. The Bible says Enoch walked with God. When Jesus came to this earth, you'll see him calling his disciples, and it says they'd leave everything, and they would go follow him, and they would walk with him for several years. 
Jesus would say this in Matthew 11. Remember, you remember the passage that says, Come unto, unto me, all you are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Listen how the message paraphrases this. Walk with me and work with me, Jesus says. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. You see, you and I were created to walk with God. Even in the beginning, in Genesis, when God is walking, it says, through the garden in the cool of the day, the very first question God ever asks in the Bible, you know what that is? He's walking in the cool of the day, and here's his question. It says, he called to the man, where are you? Why is he asking that question? Because he wants to walk with mankind. He wants to be with you and I. And so he's asking Adam and Eve, you know, where are you? You see, there's times when, like Adam and Eve, you and I, our walk with God isn't where it ought to be. It's as if we're hiding. Something's not quite right. There's a hiccup. We're, we're, we're just not in sync with God. We're not in step with God. We've drifted away. So what do I do? What, what, what do I do to reset my walk with God? Whenever your walk with God gets stale, whenever your walk with God loses, loses its, its momentum, you restore it with three commitments. Let me give them to you. The first commitment, I make a commitment to be close to God. I just make a commitment. I'm going to be close to the Lord. James says this. He promises this. Come close to God and He will come close to you. And notice he says, you initiate that step to get closer to God and God will move in closer to you. See, it starts with you. It starts with me. I just think about how this COVID has affected and the social distancing has affected so much of our lives. I mean, honestly, you know, I listened to a guy say the other day, I was putting a back glass in an Audi uh, in a car, and he goes, you know, this thing has just made it where it's impossible to do things. I mean, I'd like to go out with some friends to go eat. We can't even go out to eat as a group. Uh, and I listened to parents talking about their kids and campus students talking about, we can't go to school, or we can, it's like we have to stay home because of social distancing. Sports activities is not the same. I know that this weekend, I, the Green Bay Packers are going to, uh, are, uh, I guess that when they host a game, they're going to allow 6,000 fans into Lambeau Field. It's affected. Nobody can go watch sports as, as a group right now in this country. Even, even churches, you know, we're still experiencing, you know, a viral connection uh, together rather than meeting together face to face. You know, I told you last week, we were hoping we were going to be able to meet uh, pretty soon. Well, we're still not sure. We're, we're kind of, we're waiting and seeing right now and looking at because the numbers are going up again. And even friendships, there's people that you normally talk to that you normally rub shoulders with, whether at work or at church, you find yourself, there's distance. You know, you're, you're not talking on the phone with them. Uh, you don't hear from them as much. You wonder what's going on. Um, but, you know, also there's a distance that's being, uh, a social distance that's being created in COVID in a lot of ways, and that's with the Lord. Uh, talking with somebody again the other day, and he was talking about how afraid he was. He goes, yeah, I'm just afraid. I don't know how to explain it to him. I'm just constantly wondering what's going to happen, what's next, what's the deal, you know. And um, and then he then as we talked, he mentioned, I really haven't even opened my Bible, and I've not been praying, and I, it hit me. Well, that could be why you're so afraid, because I know I I get caught up in my fears and my worries and my concerns when I'm not 
close to the Lord. So it starts with this. It starts, it starts with making this commitment, initiating this first step to be close to God. Here in Psalm 73, David is speaking. He says, when my thoughts were bitter and my feelings were hurt, I was as stupid as an animal. I did not understand you. Yet I always stay close to you. And listen to this. And you hold me by the hand. That sounds like a couple of people walking together, doesn't it? Yeah. You guide me with your instruction. And at the end, you receive me with honor. Those who abandon you will certainly perish. He's saying, those of you who quit following, who stop following, stop being close to you, they're going to perish. But as for me, he's making a commitment here. You see what David's saying? As for me, how wonderful to be near God. And I know during these uncertain times, David faced them as well. And he faced his uncertain times of the decision. He said, I know, it's, you know it can be tough sometimes and life can be, can be topsy-turvy, but I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to make it my goal. I'm going to, I'm going to get closer to the God who is solid, secure, stable, and eternal. And that's going to get me through uncertain times. You know, walking with God starts with a commitment like this. A commitment that invests in regular and consistent time with the Lord. Again, here's Proverbs. And I know that uh, in Proverbs 8, it's wisdom is speaking. It's God's wisdom speaking. And look what God says here. Those who listen to me are happy. Wow. If I listen to God, I'll be happy. That's what he says. They stand watching at my door every day. Who? These people that are happy, that listen to me. They're at my door every day. They're at my open doorway waiting to be with me. We've been going around visiting you know, all the kids around, and every once in a while I'll, I'll see either William or I'll see Sophie or I'll see so, one, one of the kids, they're either running out or they're waiting at the door. They can't wait to, to see Denise and I. And I think this is the picture I get, that you know, when you're wanting to be close to God, you just can't wait to be close to God. You want to be close to God. So you make that commitment. So let me, let me challenge you this morning to make a commitment to do the things that help you step closer to God. Maybe it's just simply, I need to surrender my worries to the, to the Lord. I need to talk to Him about this. Surrender some time to, just to talk to the Lord. And maybe it's, maybe it's rededicating your life. You've drifted away from God altogether. You know, it's interesting. I've been getting uh, little emails and texts and stuff uh, of people saying, I want to get back to church. When are you opening up your doors? And I want to tell you, you know, as soon as we open them up, you're going to be notified. But let me encourage you to rededicate your life, not just to come to church, but to the Lord himself, to be close to God, to, be, to give yourself, to rededicate yourself to the things, the disciplines and a plan on ways you can start opening your Bible and start calling out to God and carrying him with you uh, throughout your day. Maybe you're the kind of person because you know I've I've just drifted so far away. I need to return to the habits and to the people and to the Lord Himself. Let me encourage you to do that. That's the first step that you make a commitment. Whenever your quiet time, whenever your devotional life, whenever your walk with God gets stale, just make it rededicate your life to get close to Him again. Say I'm going to start doing that. Number two, I make a commitment to commune with God. Now, I don't know what you think of when you hear the word commune. You might be thinking of the Lord's Supper. Some of us think, oh, you're talking about communion. No, I'm not talking about that, although it relates. Oh, you're talking about a commune. You're talking about some people, a group of people living in the mountains and they share everything. Well, uh, it's close, yeah. Uh, what I notice, though, is this word commune means to share everything. That's really what it means. 
And, and it means specifically to share conversation, communication. I mean, have you, ever, have you ever met somebody and you say, hey, why don't we get together and we'll go walk through the park? I used to get with a fellow and, uh, and uh, he would say, uh, hey, uh, I, I go walk. Would you like to walk with me? And I said, sure. And uh, he said, how about uh, we meet together? I said, where are we going to meet? Well, I'll meet you at the mall. It was the wintertime. And he goes, uh, I'll see you at 4 a.m. And I'm going, what? 4 a.m.? Yeah, 4 a.m. That's when I start walking. And so I went up and I met him and we meet together and then we walk for, uh, for several minutes or an hour or two together. But you know what I noticed happens when we started walking? We started talking. We talked about everything. We, we talked about politics, of course. We talked about our lives, our family, our interests, uh, our, how well we're doing. We talked about the Lord, too. And uh, what I just want you to think about is, is that when we think about our walk with God, I know a lot of people sometimes think about, oh, you're talking about quiet time. Well, quiet time is involved, a devotion where you open your Bible up, maybe in the morning sometime, and just you and God get together and you've got a cup of coffee and you're reading scripture. And that's called a devotional life, you know, or, you, or a quiet time. You're looking at a passage, looking at a particular passage of scripture. I just want you to know that to me, uh, I want you to think about this, that a quiet time is meeting with God to begin a walk with God throughout the rest of the day. It's a walk together. It's a conversation that begins in a quiet time. And it just extends and continues throughout the rest of the day. Psalms 119.97. Here's an example I'm talking about. I, I deeply love your law, David says. I think about it all day. He just doesn't think about it a particular 15 or 20 minutes in the morning. But he says, I'm going to think about it all day. Now you might say... And I've said it myself, I can't think about that all day. I, uh, you may have get the impression, is that all he's thinking about? I can just see him as a king going, okay, well, you can't bother me with that right now. I'm thinking about the Word of God. I'm going to do it all day long. He's not talking about that kind of thinking here. He is saying, it's in my mind all the time. I meditate on it, and it's, and it's in the back of my mind, and it comes up every once in a while. It's always running around in my mind. You see, you can do that. I do that. We do this all the time. We think about stuff on and off. It's in our minds and off our minds all the time when you stop and think about it. There's lots of things that dominate our minds. Am I right? A particular worry. Throughout the day, we think about a doctor's appointment, a dentist appointment, you know, or we think about something that was said and it bothers us all day. Or we think about someone we love and we just, oh, or an event that's coming up and our expectation, our hope. And it just, it just seems to keep popping up. Of course, we're able to concentrate at work. Of course, we're able to get some work done and we, and we think about other stuff. But then it pops back in our head again and again and again. Why? It just, it continues to be there. This is the kind of idea I want you to see when it comes to communing with God, that his words that this conversation you have with God is not just in the morning and then you close up your Bible and don't speak to him until you go to bed. No, it's, it's a back and forth conversation. Him speaking to you, you speaking to him. Uh, it's, it's a conversation. Here in Psalms 5, David said, Lord, every morning you hear my voice. Every morning. Every morning, every morning. 
You hear my voice. I tell you what I need, and I wait for your answer. But he also says, Lord, you're my Savior, and I've been praying to you day and night. And that's something. So he's, he's talking to the Lord, not just in the morning. He starts with it in the morning, and he keeps going. Every once in a while, he's talked to the Lord throughout the day. I'll tell you what, this really is a remarkable practice to have. That you can think about the Lord, what he's saying to you. Maybe pick a, a verse out of the Bible that you have and dwell on a little bit and come back to it and you talk to the Lord about it back and forth. Look at this in Psalms 25. Again, David says, Guide me in your truth and teach me, for you're God my Savior and my hope is in you all day long. I just have this expectation that keeps coming back. You know, I'll work on something and I'll be busy doing something and then a thought of you and, and then a little prayer comes out. It's, it does, it's a remarkable Remarkable practice to have. I'm always praising you, he says in Psalm 71. All day long, I honor you. Let me ask you a question this morning. What is your dialogue with God like throughout your day? Is it you just talk to Him in the morning? And it's kind of just, then you talk to everybody else and you're working on everything else. And, you know, He's still with you, you know. He'd love to have a conversation with you throughout the day. You know, Denise and I, we talk off and on. My phone will ring. I get the most calls from my wife. Well, that's how it should be, Tim. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I go, why am I getting a call from Denise? I expect a call from her. And I call her. We talk to each other throughout the day. Well, that's because you're, you're married. You're, that's a very close relationship. Well, you hear what I'm saying? Here I am walking with the Lord. I want to be close to Him. I make a commitment to be close to Him. Well, if I'm going to make a commitment to be close to Him, I'm going to have to also make a commitment to commune with Him. And so I want Him, I want to have a conversation. I want to hear from Him as well. And He hear from me. I don't know how to explain it. I really don't. I'll say it this way. I'm better, I'm a better mechanic when I'm talking to God as I do it. I was working on my truck yesterday, putting a water pump in. And I've worked on cars before, and I've almost lost my religion, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and, but this time, I decided I'm just going to, oh, Lord, help me with this. Would you help me put this on? Because I, I'm not, I don't sometimes don't know what I'm doing. You know, that, that job went smooth. Didn't have a hiccup. I'm a better mechanic I, when, I, when I'm talking to God through it. I'm a better husband when I'm praising God. As I'm praising God, I'm a better husband. I'm a better man when I involve God, when I'm aware of God and I'm, and I'm participating and we're communing together. I'm just a better guy. Check it out and see if, and try it. See if that doesn't, if that isn't true. So I make a commitment to get close to God, make a commitment to commune with God. And the last thing is I make a commitment to comply with God. And this is very important. The Bible says here, Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who walk in obedience to Him. That phrase, walk in obedience. Click, Go to Bible Gateway and click that in, walk in obedience, and see how many times it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible quite a bit. This idea of walking in obedience to God. And what a promise here we have. Because he says, you'll be blessed if you'll just live a compliant life for the Lord. I have to admit, when I've obeyed the Lord, Oh, there might be some times when I've obeyed God. It initially isn't all that neat. 
You know, it could be tough obeying God, but what a blessing. Far Blesses my life far above when I disobey Him. Oh my. You know, I want you to think about this for a second, okay? Uh, this image, if you would. Um, you ever heard of race walking? Uh, the Olympics in 1906 introduced this. You know, those guys that are walking and they're, walk, they're not running. And they, they've got even a walking marathon now where these guys are walking in a race. And I want you to have that picture in your mind. And then there's this, because there's a group of people walking on a path, on a course. Now here's a, here's a couple of people walking on a path in a park. Now look at those two and how different they are. Yes, they're walking and they're walking with people. But one is more about competition. The other one's more about cooperation. And when it comes to Walking with the Lord. That's why God says don't go to the left, don't go to the right, don't go ahead of the Lord and leave Him behind. No, you walk with God. It's more of a cooperation. And by the way, when I'm walking with God, I'm the one cooperating. I'm the one adjusting where I walk, how I walk. I think there's a term for that. It's called our gate, a certain gate. So a certain way, a certain direction. Um... Look at this in Amos uh, chapter 3, verse 3. Amos is making a point about him and God and about what he's about to say. He's about to condemn Israel, and, he's saying, and Israel's not going to like what he has to say. And he says this, Do two people walk hand in hand if they aren't going to the same place? I mean, honestly, if two people walk hand in hand, aren't they going to the same place? Of course they are. But you know, somebody, somebody is leading in that walk. Somebody is setting the direction in that walk. As a child, um, I remember one time my dad, we were out mushroom hunting, and he said, and I was a little bitty, and he said, grab a hold of my hand, Tim. And I grabbed a hold of my dad's hand, and we walked through the woods. Now, if you ever want to go in the woods with me, you know, and we're going to go on a hike or something, I'm the lousiest guy there is. I get lost in a heartbeat. And my, even as an early age, my dad saw this. He says, take my hand. And I noticed something. When I took his hand, wherever he went, I would go. That's where I'd go. And I noticed something else. I never got lost. I never got lost. And so Amos, when he's talking here, he's saying, listen, when two people are holding, when they're holding hands walking, aren't they going in the same direction? He's saying, me and God are holding hands here. And so what I'm telling you is what he is, he's wanting said, not what I'm wanting said. And so this idea of walking with God Yes, it means to get close and it means to commune, but, but as, I'm, as I'm walking with God, I'm the one doing the adapting. I'm the one obeying, walking in obedience to Him. I'm the one that has to adjust the steps. And honestly, it's the best way to live. Here in Psalms 119, look at this passage. You're blessed when you stay on course. David's talking here. You're blessed when you stay on course, walking steadily on the road revealed by God. You're blessed when you follow His directions, doing your best to find Him. That's right. You don't go off on your own. You walk straight along the road He set. You, God, prescribed the right way to live. Now you expect us to live it. And look at this, look at this prayer that David says, Oh, that my steps might be steady, keeping to the course you set. 
I learned the pattern of your righteous ways. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. See, David makes a commitment. And I want you to know, walking with God takes this kind of commitment from you. The kind of commitment that says, Lord, I'm going to walk with you. And I know what that means. It means I'm going to follow your lead. I'm going to follow your steps. Paul said this in Galatians, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. That means I need to watch where, where God leads, how Jesus would walk. In fact, the Bible tells us we're to follow in His steps. Years ago when I was in high school, I was a freshman, come out of the eighth grade, and I'd been in marching bands. I was in band. And Mr. Wallace was our, our uh, band director. And uh, he had us lined up on the street that was right beside the high school. And he would say, okay, everybody. He goes, uh, we're going to march together. And he left, right, left, right. And every once in a while, somebody would be off step. And he goes, if you don't know the left from your right, put a rock in your hand. <laughs> put a rock in your left hand. That's your left side. And everybody just bust out laughing. And actually, some people did pick up a rock. Uh, but I remember him saying this to us. Okay, if we're going to keep a straight line, here's how you can do this. You just concentrate on the person next to you. And you just follow their lead, their step. And I remember sitting there, and on, I was on the edge, uh, and I looked to my left, and there was no Piercy. And next to him was Judy Kirkendall. And next to her was Susan Shock. And next to her was Carol Sims. You say, how do you know all these people? We were the trombones. And if there's anything that ruins a parade, it's if the trombones are like the awkward squad. They all go in different directions. And I remember that little bit of advice. He'd say, just look at the person. Just look off to your side and just stay in step with that person, the one closest to you. I want to ask you something. How's your journey? Where are you going? I guarantee you, if, if you're going in any direction... It's going to be based either if you're going on your own or who's the closest one to you. Because when you're close to God, He's going to take you on a journey that is so exciting. So let me ask you this morning, how close are you to God? Will you make that commitment? Make a commitment to be close to God. Let me encourage you to not only uh, say, I'm going to be close to God, but, it, but try to find ways to incorporate Him and commune with Him throughout the day. Listen for His voice. Speak to Him throughout your day. And also watch closely where He's walking and follow His steps. Comply. Obey Him. Have you wandered off? You can always come back. You can always come back. Uh, I may ask you, are you meeting God in the morning and leaving Him behind? Why not just make a commitment? I'm going to take Him with me. I'm going to take Him with me to work, to school, to wherever I'm going to be. Just ask yourself this morning, what do you need to reset when it comes to your walk with God? May God help you do that. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much again for your word. Father, thank you for your guidance. We want to be like um, 
like that person described in Proverbs that wants to listen to you, that's wanting to be with you, that's watching at your door as soon as it opens, that we can be with you and walk with you. Father, help us walk, get us, help us, Father, get really close to you this year. Father, I think about how I'm, right now I, I'm reading my daily Bible in the morning and I'm ending my day reading Jesus in red and it's been such a blessing. And through the day, I just think about what I've read and I think about what you, where you're guiding me. And Father, I'm, I'm enjoying our conversation and Father, I pray I can just keep it going. Help us keep it going. And help us, Father, when we're, when we're confronted with things. I remember Francis Chan one time saying, when I disagree with something in God's Word, I just assume that I'm wrong. Help me make the same assumption and just comply. Whenever I, I go, I don't know if I can do this, to call on you for, for the power to, to be able to obey you. I know, Father, I know you're going to help us. And I pray, Father, those listening, that you'll help us reset our walk with God and truly experience the blessings of where this where this walk leads us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.